From three guys who never had a shot, it's the Walk on Water Boys podcast with your hosts, Addison, Austin, and Clint. On this episode... What a 2022 NFL draft. How exciting was it? In the first round. I wanted them to take him in oh the first God. round. You should have seen our text thread. Addison's like, now's the time. Pick him. So, so I started it. I started it two weeks ago after we finished our last podcast. I just finished it last night. (laughs) It's a long movie. (laughs) Saudi Arabia or Saudi League on hold for the time being because of it. to a very special edition of the walk on water boys podcast first time in podcast history we have two podcast hosts in the same room clinton addison are together i am away addison i know clint usually uh records podcasts in the nude how are things going there does it affect the way things are set up do you have something in between what's going on you know i appreciate the openness um i believe what <laughs> <laughs> were you saying what because you couldn't hear me or because i'm saying what kind of openness is going on i mean i think you just described it i, I mean look you I'm just described sure, it uh, there's free-flowing ideas and other things here in the vet the bat cave i guess clint's bat cave <laughs> the old uh podcast studio that's right we're so, uh, yeah we're excited we're out here on the porch we there's a nice little breeze blowing uh it's too bad you couldn't join us. Oh man! And it's oh, also our boy. tenth episode. There you go. We got, that's where I thought you were going with this. Was well, this is our tenth? This definitely our tenth episode, but definitely, definitely not, not where you, he was going. You went a different direction with that. I just got a text message from Addison that said Clint just took his pants off. So I just our our listeners want to know. Hey, I'm at home. Yeah. <laughs> you, you should, you're invaded on on my time. Yeah. All right, Uh, right, guys. Uh, Man, what a 2022 NFL draft. How exciting was it? I think another trade just happened. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I tell you what, they they put too much time on the clock. It needs to be cut down to 45 seconds. I would. I wouldn't. That's my I, first gripe about the. I don't know the about draft. forty-five seconds, but I think that I do think that there's way too much time on the clock. For if decisions are going to be made, they need to be made quicker. I mean, I've, obviously, most of your decisions are made far in advance. Like, there's not a lot of heat of the moment decisions being made. So I, I'd agree with that. But I, I will say, well, I don't I know if that's think, true. I don't. I don't know if that's true. I think there are plenty of heat of the moment decisions that are made. Based on whoever's I mean, taking whoever, but I still think it needs to be shortened. Well, I, I think Aston had one complaint: the location of the draft. He feels like the location <laughs> of the draft should have been in Hawaii, and it would have made everything 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 better. would have been better if the draft would have been in Hawaii. When NFL special events are in Hawaii, everything's better. <laughs> it's just a fact. 
It's not about the fans going to it, right? It's nah, not about that guy from about that. It's about from New York enjoyment of watching the draft right. on I TV see, when it's taking place. In I want to see a draft with palm trees in the background. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. Well, we'll put. Well, it I, in a, I had to invite we'll Addison over. I had to invite Addison over because I felt bad after uh, we just completed our fourth season of our Madden League. And uh, oh boy, what, a, what a, he just got up and left. Uh, I, I, I may have quit the Madden League. Clint beat me by at least 87 points. Um, I, I want him and Austin to play because I beat Austin by 50. So, one time ever in your life, <laughs> let's talk about how old are you, Addison? I am 33 years old. Addison's 33 years old. Up until he was 31 year old, years old, he had never beat me in any type of sports video game. So, so because uh, I got a story to go along with this. So, Austin, when you were growing up being the younger brother, was it always like a goal of yours to beat your older brother in a video game? Like, was that something? Or you no, just... I did it. Every, I did it. I did it all the time. It was okay, a goal for well, him not to lose to his younger brother. So my brother is seven years older than me, and we used to play college football video games, you know, all different types of video, sports video games, and I never could beat them. So on the Sega Genesis NCAA football 95, 96, I can't remember which one it was, I finally had him beat. Finally had him beat after all these years. It was like the third quarter, maybe, fourth quarter, had the game under control. He gets up and says, I don't feel like playing, and shuts it off. I, yep. That's an Austin move. <laughs> I bet he had I'll a chest. Never he forget a, that. I bet he had a chest full of hair back then too, didn't he? <laughs> he said, "Come and find me when you can grow this." That's why he had That's to give him leave. He had to comb his chest hair. That's what. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> thought you were going to do the story, the the little giant story. Every day we'd race down that hill, and I finally beat him. Oh yeah. man. Uh, well, anyway, I, let's get back to uh, – <laughs> Addison still never beat me in college football. Let's just throw that out there. Let's, let's move on, but let me say one more thing first. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? The the one time he, he almost beat me, Addison, I'm sure you remember this. He goes to line up for the kick to tie the game, extra point to tie the game. I block it and return it for a touchdown. This oh, was the end of the game, and I blocked it to return it for was a touchdown. Was he kicking yeah, it Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. He was kicking it to tie. Tie, okay. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, that meant more than to him than me because I do not remember. <laughs> no, you just blacked it out like all your childhood <laughs> trauma. You just put it in a corner and don't think about it. Put it in the box. Yeah. All right, let's get over to the uh, NFL draft. It was a snoozer. Really? Am I wrong in saying that? Did you I enjoy know, it? man. All I, the trades that happened. And- I disagree. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I I. The offseason was huge with a bunch of trades. I think that the draft ended up being more exciting than I expected. It didn't go the way I I expected. I I didn't see the big names because there aren't any. There's there's a few. Yeah, there's not yeah, there's not many big names. There's no, you know, we've had some impressive quarterback classes in the past, and we'll get to them this year. It just wasn't there. Um, well, compliments, first of all, compliments to our intern. For yeah. the work that they put in, for what we're looking at right now, is basically a breakdown of the NFL draft, pick by yep. pick. In Just the first tremendous, round. Work. So, tremendous work. Yeah, good work. 
good yeah. work from our intern on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I uh, I didn't tune in. I know the numbers were down. I saw an article about how low the the numbers were for uh, for um, viewership for the draft. But anyway, let's get into it. Everybody wants to know about the Falcons, right? That's the only people who listen to the podcast. Falcons fans, no, Clint. No, I mean. I mean, we, we'll get into it, I guess, but uh, no. <laughs> uh, well, we'll go with with Atlanta's first pick, wide receiver Drake London. Not the receiver I picked for the Falcons in the first round, but still, I mean, he's a good receiver. He, he uh, finished 2021 as the uh, Pac-12 Offense Player of the Year, All-American. Um, I was looking at his stats today. He only played eight out of 12 games last season due to a broken ankle. Still ended up with 88 catches, uh, 1,000 yards, and seven touchdowns. He's 6'4". He's not that fast. He didn't run uh, at his pro day, but his reported 40 time was, I think, uh, four – was it four five eight four five or 4'6"? It, it was under 4'6". But, I mean, he's long. He could get up the field. I, I like the pick. Yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's the Falcons trying to get them, you know, that Mike Evans type wide receiver right. that the, the Buccaneers have had so much success in the NFC South for so long. I don't even know how long Mike Evans has been with them, but it's been a while. But, that, you know, kind of in that same mold of a Mike Evans, uh, maybe not. I think Mike Evans may be like six six. I think he may I be a little bit taller, taller. Yeah. than uh, than Drake London. But the interesting thing about that, you said, uh, you know, I know we you wanted the Falcons to take Garrett Wilson, uh, and I mentioned on our last episode, uh, Washington, if they were going to take a receiver, I wanted them to take Drake London, and I really feel like Washington would have taken Drake London had he been there with the eleventh pick, but because he was off the board, they traded back. Yeah. Uh, second round, Atlanta picked up Cameroon native outside linebacker Arnold Ibikiti. Uh, I don't know much about him. Addison, I know you you like that pick. Second team, all ACC honors. Uh, what, what do you think he brings to Atlanta? I mean, frankly, I, I think it's honestly he's a solid uh, outside rusher. I think he's going to be uh, a benefit for the Falcons. The Falcons have really been lacking that outside edge rusher, uh, so I think it's going to be a benefit for them. Um, I obviously, you know, we talked about this last week and uh, throughout the the course of leading up to the draft. I I really wanted to see the Falcons pick up uh, Malik Willis. Um, uh, I think they needed a quarterback in the first round. I wanted them to take him. In oh the first my god! Round. You should have seen our text thread. Ads was like, <laughs> "Now's the time, pick him." That was round one, round two. Here we go, Malik Will. Round three, here we go. It's I, I really, I, well, first of all, I was amazed that you didn't have a quarterback go until what the third round. No, the first round you had Kenny Pickett Kenny go Pickett. to the other, Steelers. Other than sorry, Kenny yeah. Pickett went the first round. Yeah, you yeah. didn't have. Malik Willis going to the third round. Third round, yeah. Um, I I don't know. Surprise. And Desmond me, Ritter in the third round, who went to Atlanta. Went to Atlanta. Like better than before Malik. Willis. Well, after looking at his his stats and watching some of his game film, I do think he's going to be a benefit for the Falcons. I think he'll do well. Um, I mean, I I I think Willis is going to end up being a, a 
better overall quarterback in the long run. Um, but I, I think it was a quality pick for Atlanta. Frankly, I think Atlanta's, I mean, grading their draft, I mean, they're they're at an A, maybe an A minus. I mean, it was a good draft for Atlanta, um, which is saying something. Um, the Falcons have not had a string of good drafts uh, in the past number of years. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. But um, I like I mean, the first, I like the first, I like the first five picks. I don't know about the tight end. I don't know if that was a necessary pick, but again, I mean, that was late. Um, that was real late. I, I like Desmond Ritter. Uh, his arm or his arm strength is decent. Uh, I worry about his accuracy, especially deep accuracy. And, and I don't know. I also worry. I wouldn't even, we, we were texting. I, if, if we were going to take somebody, I wanted it to be Ritter third or fourth round. But now I'm afraid that is Atlanta going to go after another quarterback because they took Ritter in the third round. So next year, the year after, when you have better class of quarterbacks, are they going to say, no, you know what? We took Ritter. We're going to stick with this. That, that worries me. I would rather, you know, I think he could be a decent quarterback. I don't know if it's in Atlanta. Um, but you got to do something within, what, two to three years because you got Mariota, and he's he's got, what, two to three years maybe? I give him two. Yeah, that's what I say. You, you have to look at it. If Mariota looks serviceable this year, then you've got time to develop Ritter. But if Mariota comes in and just stinks up the joint, then you're going to have to turn to Ritter and see what you have. Yeah. And then what does that put you in position? You're probably looking at a top three pick in next year's draft to possibly take one of the top quarterbacks in what is expected to be a lot more talented yeah. quarterback class next year. So I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good strategy with them because they've got Mariota. If he if he's turns out to be serviceable, you know, you can get a couple of years out of him while you develop Ritter. If he stinks it up, you can turn to Ritter and see what you've got. Um, and then <clears throat> based off those two things, you'll know what you need to tackle in next year's draft. Well, I think your your ideal situation for Atlanta is a 75-25 split between Mariota and Ritter. That gives you time to develop Ritter, but also give him some game time experience, get him used to the big game. Obviously, you know, it's a big thing that gets talked about all the time is the speed of the game is so much different when you go from one level to the next. So get him used to the, the speed of the NFL game. So I think if they can hit a 75-25 mix, I think it's going to be a benefit for them. Again, that's, you know, provided that Mariota can stay healthy. And so are you talking about – are you talking about game in, game in switches, or are you talking about, <coughs> all right, Mariota starting four games, now we're going to Ritter, back to Mariota. What do you, what do you mean? I would probably lean more heavily towards in-game switches. Uh, just actual snap 75 25. Um, I, I've never liked the idea of starting a quarterback for three games and then starting a new quarterback for one game and then going back to the first quarterback for three games. I think that that leads to animosity, but it also leads to a lot of instability. Um, whereas if you just build into your game plan, that 25 or 20% of your snaps are going to be by your backup quarterback. Everybody knows that's what it's going to be going in. And it's 
a lot better for stability. So that would be my suggestion, the way I would play it. Obviously, uh, the Falcons haven't called me up yet. I'm still waiting on the phone call, Clint. I know, you know, we talked about it. We're all, you know, on the edge for those phone calls so they can, you know, pull us over. But um, that, that would be my suggestion. That way you have the stability, but you also have the ability to, you know, not only grow him as a quarterback, but also, uh, you know, have him learn the game a little bit more at the NFL level. Well, uh, I, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, dual, dual-time quarterbacks, I, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, it's a lot easier It's a rarity college. in the NFL. You yeah, see in the NFL, well. yeah. Well, before we, before we move over, I know, Clint, you want to talk about the commanders a little bit. Uh, in the second round, Atlanta also got Troy Anderson out of Montana State. Uh, that guy, four-year career for the Bobcats, he played running back, linebacker, and quarterback. Now, they drafted him as an inside linebacker, but he has uh, the second most rushing touchdowns in school history and top 10 for 100-yard run, 100-rushing-yard game and career rushing yards. Yeah, I think really the Falcons ended up taking Washington's top target in the first round, and then I think they turned right around in the second round and did the same exact thing. Um, I think if if that linebacker would have been there for the commanders in the second round, I believe that's who they would have taken. Um, so the Falcons had uh, Washington go into plan B. <laughs> but overall, for the commanders, <clears throat> I, I like their draft. I mean, it wasn't kind of like what you said. There really wasn't – there weren't any big names in this draft, so therefore a lot of teams didn't land big names. Uh, I mean, they had – they needed to get a slot receiver. They got that in the first round. They needed – Defensive tackle depth, they got that in the second round. They needed a short yardage back, they got that in the third round. So, I mean, they hit their needs, but, you know, are these going to be franchise players? Probably not, but they definitely fill holes for the Washington Commanders in the 2022 season. I uh, I also I, – I really like the, uh, the Montana State linebacker. Um, I think that that could end up being – uh, I don't want to say sleeper because, I mean, he was picked early round. But, I mean, I think that's going to be uh, kind of a quietly really good pick for Atlanta. I think he's going to come in and have the ability to be uh, be something special in Atlanta. So, that's exciting. Kind of a Keith Brooking type uh, linebacker with a little bit more speed. Uh, super fast. Super fast off the edge. Um, and probably honestly, a lot more speed than Keith Brooking. Okay, Keith Brooking super slow, but I think come that, on now, don't knock Keith Brooking. Um, five two forty he ran. Back I think he gives you the ability also as a third or fourth string quarterback. Um, you know, if you've got to fall back to that, say Mariota gets injured and you're having some issues at the quarterback slot in Atlanta, you've got an opportunity to to have a third or fourth string quarterback out of that pick as well. All right. Well, before we move off the draft, a uh, little bit of trivia here. Who's the last quarterback that Atlanta drafted? Matt Ryan. Wrong. Did you mean like first round? Or? No, I don't think. I don't oh, think the last quarterback they drafted. Drafted. Yeah. Okay. So did not necessarily started for him. Correct. Uh, man. So I have. Uh, no, Matt Schaub was before Matt Ryan, right? Post 2010. Wow. 
Thank you, guys, on this one, Austin. Yeah, I don't know. In 2013, Duke Blue Devils quarterback Sean Renfrey was drafted by Atlanta in the, I think, seventh round. Oh, like Molly intern intern did some work on that yeah. trivia question. Good so the question. last that was a lot more difficult than that. Uh, where did Matt Stafford play college? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to stump you here. So the last, the the last highest pick was obviously Matt Ryan, but uh, but yeah, there you go, a little trivia for you, Addison. I know you wanted to talk about them uh, shants up there in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, so uh, super happy about uh, Chanticleers being on the board. A um, couple undrafted free agent pickups, uh, number of mini camp invites, so seven. Uh, NFL signings for Coastal Carolina players, or I'm sorry, eight uh, NFL signings for Coastal Carolina players, uh, and uh, Javian Hiley uh, getting a contract, undrafted free agent going to the Bengals. Um, so I'm excited to see what uh, what they're able to do, and if we can have any uh, any Coastal Carolina players make an impact in the league. All right, well, that wraps up our 2022 NFL Draft recap. Uh, moving on that to – That part will probably get cut out. What Addison <laughs> said? Yeah. Look at him. He's over there sad. Look at him. <laughs> Save that for the Coastal Carolina podcast later. Ooh. <laughs> One of our hundreds of podcasts that we do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving over to uh, we've all seen it now. Everyone's had time to digest the complexity of the 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 Batman, the new film. The, the uh, so so I the, started the it. I started it two weeks ago after we finished our last podcast. I just finished it last night. <laughs> it's a long movie. <laughs> it's quite long. Super intense. <laughs> Super intense. Uh, so, Clint, go ahead. What, what's your take on the the Batman? Uh, it had to start with me. I was really wanting to hear y'all's take first, but uh, all right, switch it over there, to Addison. Sweet, nice, Addison, you go first. Oh, you got out of that one, didn't you? Congratulations. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was a, an interesting new perspective on Batman. I think it's uh, a change to to what we've seen in other Batman movies. Uh, I appreciated it. Um, I think. Uh, Robert Pattinson did a great job as Batman. I think uh, he did a did a good job in the role. I think that uh, overall it was a good movie. Um, best part of the movie uh, was Colin Farrell. Um, the prosthetics and makeup on Colin Farrell would have had no idea it was him had I not already known it before going into the movie. Uh, that was very impressive. Um, but overall, I, I think it was a good movie. Like I said, it was uh, kind of a different take on Batman, more of uh, like a year two um, back to the, the comic uh, run, but uh, more of a grounded view of, of him and uh, more of the detective story, which, which I liked. I liked diving into it. It, it was a lot more intense and um, a lot more involved than most of Batman movies in the past, but um, yeah, I, I give it a solid B for Batman. For so, <laughs> solid B for Batman. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and my take now that I got Addison's out of the way. 
Uh, <laughs> so to me, it's a three hour crime investigation movie that just so happens to have Batman in it. I mean, that's that's really what it is to me. Well, Batman's the world's greatest greatest detective. Yeah, I think I think Robert Pattinson with the role that he was given, how the character was to be portrayed in this movie, he did a fair job, no complaints. Um, but overall, eh, could have been a lot shorter. <laughs> I mean, you give it a grade of. I give it a, if I'm getting a grade, I give it a C, C, maybe a C minus, but probably a C. Probably a C C. Yeah, C C. Yeah. yeah. This, the, I mean, it's just, eh, it's, it's just okay. Too long, too long too for long. the too long for the type of movie it was. Any I mean, movie over two hours and fifteen minutes, Clint's out. No, that's not true. That's not true. I mean, but I mean, after a while, like we get it. You can make a three-hour crime, you know, investigation movie. Good job. I mean, saga. Yeah, I mean, it was literally. It was, it was, it was like basically hey, true detective. You could have removed. You could have removed obviously all your Batman characters, and it would have would it have made a difference. Would the movie really been that much different? Well, yeah, yeah it wouldn't have been solved. <laughs> <laughs> But completely I mean, different. Film. You know why, Clint? It's, because Batman is the world's <laughs> greatest detective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was okay. I mean, I didn't dislike it, but if somebody comes up to me and say, "Hey, do I need to see the Batman movie?" I'll be like, eh. <laughs> "Sure, if you got sure if you sure if you've got three hours." Clint, Clint's got a lot of people that come up to him on the street. Yeah, <laughs> hey, all the time. Hey, hey, Clint, all the time. Should I go see the Batman? All <laughs> the time. Worst but, part uh, of the film was what? <laughs> Worst part of the film for me was the opening with Robert Pattinson, you know, looking all depressed with his eye makeup running down his face, listening to Nirvana, looking like a sad goth kid. That was the worst part of the movie. I didn't care for Alfred. Oh, yeah, yeah, I disagree. Yeah, of course, Addison disagrees. (laughs) disagrees. Give Addison an English accent, and you know, I'm old. All you gotta do. Oh, man. I, I agree with both takes that we've heard so far. Uh, uh, B minus, B minus. I'm interested to see where it goes from here. I agree. Lots of that. avenues. I agree. With Lots that. of uh, you know streetways it could go down, if you will. Lane, lanes, lanes, turnpikes, maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was all right. Colin Farrell was great. Um, John Turturro as uh, Falcone. I like that. That was cool casting. I think that was um, a very spot yeah. on casting. Yeah, I, I think, think the casting. I mean, besides, you know, I I, I kind of agree with you on the Alfred opinion, but as far as casting, the casting. I mean, was Alfred looked me. like he could have been Batman. He just seemed too. <laughs> it was too much. Yeah, I yeah, I like it. Yeah. A big burly Englishman. We know Addison. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> that's what gets me going. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's, PG, PG podcast here, guys. Let's move forward <laughs> to uh, a little segment called "Pick Your Batman." So uh, we're gonna line up all the Batmans, film and TV. All the Batman. We're gonna line them up. We're gonna line them up. Gonna line up. Line up. <laughs> if you look Not behind me. 
If you look behind me, the <laughs> intern is currently lining up all of the Batman. Michael Keaton. There, there, there he is. So you get one Batman, you get one villain, and you get one extra character. Okay, we can have the same Batman or villains. That's fine. It's going to happen. I think we all know who Addison's picking, at least for two of these. So we'll start off with Clint, or we'll start off with Addison. Go ahead. Well, now you know who I'm taking. Do you? I, I think so. Do you? You mean tell well, Clint? Clint, Batman, come here. The Batman, the Batman. <laughs> Be there in 30 easy. minutes. The Batman pick is easy. Um, it's Michael Keaton. Yep. That's the best Batman. Let, let's go. By character, so yeah, we'll I agree go, with that. I'll we'll go by that. character. Yeah. So my uh, Michael Keaton. Well, my character is straight down the middle, buddy. What? <laughs> um, I think Michael Keaton was the best Batman. I love Adam West, obviously the campy version of Batman, but I, I Michael Keaton was an amazing Batman. I think that uh, he he's my best Batman. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. You, you want to get nuts? <laughs> Let's get nuts. Uh, I agree. I agree. Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton for me with the uh, with my Batman pick there. Yeah, I agree, too. I think that's just the time period you grow up in. Right. It's just what you're going to, you know. So, yeah, I agree. Michael Keaton, hands down, followed by Christian Bale, probably. But but yeah, Michael Keaton. I would agree. Addison. Yeah. No, nope, we're snaking it. Your turn. We're snaking it. Snaking it. Snaking it. Snaking it up. Oh, so we'll go. Favorite villain. So I, 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 so I'm not going to say Poison Ivy, even though the best one of the best scenes was she she kisses Robin, and uh, he pulls off the rubber lips to prevent the. Uh, the like, oh my goodness! <laughs> I thought he was a goner. Rubber lips or, or wax Austin lips. Austin stood up like in that. the theater and just started screaming. Yeah, <laughs> that's almost that's almost my favorite favorite uh, crazy line. There's been so many crazy lines in Batman. One of my favorites is uh, this was from the Adam West show. It might have been the movie, but he's poisoned by somebody, and and uh, it turns out. That he had drank like ten glasses of buttermilk. He drank a gallon stomach. of buttermilk. Yeah, yeah to coat his stomach, favorite, so the poison favorite, wouldn't affect him. My favorite Batman subplot yeah. is the buttermilk subplot. Just watching, uh, 100%. you know, like I wish, so the show starts with him just chugging. I wish, like, <laughs> I wish that would have been in real time. Him just, just taking down ten glasses of buttermilk. Alfred Moore cave holding his stomach. <laughs> uh, all right, favorite favorite villain. I I'd say Raz Al Ghul. Raz from 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 Batman. So uh, was Liam it Batman Neeson, Begins? Right? Liam Neeson. That's a good pick. Liam Neeson. That's, that's, that's an under the radar pick. There. I do love the Bane from Batman and Robin, where they they, they, they hit his chest. This is a podcast. He stands like this the whole time. Yeah, they hit his chest and he the juices start going. You know, well, Tom Hardy's like awesome. Oh no, he's Tom. so Clint's talking about Tom Hardy. Not Tom Austin's, Hardy. Austin's Austin's talking about the one from Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah, where he's oh the, the little, one that's all juiced up. Yeah, yeah, he looks little, like a, a little Mexican, Mexican lucharine. Lucha yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they, they, he was they, they put on steroids. Yeah, and he became Bane. Yeah, he's like all. Yeah, that's right. I've got No, not Tom Hardy. 
The only, I do the like only Tom issue Hardy I had with that Bane was so in the comics, Bane is Bane is basically the ultimate Batman villain. So Bane is it can match Batman for strength, but also he is as intelligent as Batman. He's one of the only characters that actually is able so to he figure can solve out who crimes Batman is. in less than three hours. That's right. He could okay. solve. He could have solved okay. the Batman in twenty minutes. <laughs> you merely adapted to the dark. I was born in it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so I guess that's me for villain. Yeah. Jack Nicholson Joker. Good choice. Standard pick. Nothing exciting. I mean, obviously, uh, exciting. It's I think the best let's go Addison, who I'm thinking I know what it is. I mean, I, the obvious pick is Heath Ledger's Joker. I think but you're that, going with well, no, I mean, I I like Heath Ledger's Joker. I think that I mean, it's it's a safe pick. Everybody says that was a great role, but I mean, honestly, I it was a perfect role. It was perfectly played. Uh, Heath Ledger Joker, I think, is the best. Well, I mean, um, I would. I mean, I just don't see how if if I'm going Jack Nicholson the Joker, number two, I've got to have Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, you know I was getting ready to say you that. Know, I, was I mean, say, that's you know, a lot you know, for the I, number two position. I really wanted to pick <laughs> that freezing or, hell, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that or uh, or Tommy Lee Jones is two face. That's who I figured you were going to go with because it's Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I love Tommy Lee Jones, but I. Yeah. He hated that role so much that he overplayed it. I think everybody hated that. He movie. hated or, Jim that, Carrey. He, hated, he also hated Jim Carrey. He, he hated Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. You should hear how much Val Kilmer hated that role. That you watched that documentary on Amazon. That, I, yeah, that's a great that Val Kilmer did. Yeah, oh. it did. But like he was miserable. Yeah, that entire time. Well, he. Was I like when. Uh, yeah, he couldn't move. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Arnold Schwarzenegger they break into the ball or whatever. Cool party. <laughs> you sound like Sean Connery. Yeah, Why does he sound like Sean <laughs> Connery? That's all I got. My accents are limited to I the British Isles. I, I was going to applaud you on the Tom Hardy Bane impression, <laughs> and then you pulled out Sean That's Connery. All he's got, he's got, but, he's got again, Sean I'm, Connery. I'm limited. He's got Tom Hardy Bane. I'm, I'm limited to the British Isles. Do you should move over any any further. <laughs> Eastern oh, Europeans, oh, that's dude. not my. So I guess it's on Addis- Addison now with extra. I guess who pick whoever, pick whomever. Me for any. Uh, oh man, I really, I, I have a hard time with this. I, I look, I, I thought Andy Circus's uh, Alfred was actually really good. Um, I, I really liked. It. I think it was a good. It was a different take on Alfred, but I enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I've got a really hard time with a secondary character. Was well, it a secondary character, or you could just choose a third character? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, just choose. The so, third is this character. an extra pick, or is this just a side? I mean, character? ideally, I'd like to see a side player. But if you really want to go with another villain or another Batman, go for it. I mean, I'd go with another villain. I think there's uh, no rules here. Is it uh, Adam Eckhart? Oh, uh, uh, his two face, two face, and Aaron uh, Eckhart, yeah, Aaron Eckhart, but yeah, Aaron Eckhart. yeah. And, I uh, think his he he did a really good job in that role. Yeah, he I did. I forgot. Yeah, he did do a good. That job. was that was a good uh, was a good pick for. Yeah, roles. that was. I, I'd probably pick him for my secondary. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Um, obviously, I don't want to be that guy and just make it a trio trifecta of Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, and Heath Ledger, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because to me, those are the top three. But I wouldn't go uh, just to change it up a little bit. Uh, Eartha Kit. 
I would for who? Strong pick. I would probably go King, King Joffrey and Batman Begins. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. I Maybe um hmm. I did like Tom Hardy as Bane, but I did too. The accent was a little over the top, but overall, I think it was a good role. Yeah, Tom Hardy as Bane was good, but I, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Alfred uh, uh, Michael Caine. I think Michael I think Caine, I should get with I think one. he was like to me, he's the perfect Alfred. Austin really does have the British Isles down though. He did the Michael Caine pretty well. Yeah, let's hear that Sean Connery as uh, who was Sean Connery? What character did he? I'm a Russian submarine captain. <laughs> what else has he been in? Sean Connery. That's my favorite role that Sean Connery ever played. The Russian with a. I'm an English super spy. Losers always whine about their best. Yeah. Name that movie. Say it again. Your best losers always whine about their best. What kind of what kind of weird that's delivery my was that? <laughs> I just, just want to put it out there as a really bad Sean Connery. Say, say it again. <laughs> that uh, no, I'm not saying it again. Embarrassing enough as it is. is but it, the movie, uh, the movie the league, is the league Rock. Of- Good job, Addison. Oh, the Rock. The Rock. You know, Addison's Look, favorite Nick, you movie. Put, you put Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery oh, in the it's same gold. movie. You you'd, you'd it's have gold. all the money. Oh, I'll go gold. see it. And Ed Harris. I mean, that movie was loaded with people. Watch it. Great movie. Addison's favorite all-time movie, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh my goodness! I, Is it I, really? You, you. It's not my favorite all-time <laughs> movie, but it's I. I love that movie. I really do. So I love that movie. So I saw that movie in theater, and it could very well been uh, who I went with, but your wife? No, it was not my <laughs> wife. Just, but just down there the whole way i hated the movie and like i said it could have been who i went with but it was just you know, a downer, never, just a downer I, I saying, the whole way i keep saying i'm like i'm gonna give it another chance i'm gonna give it another chance i just can't do it i just can't do it i i do i do really like that movie it used to come on uh was it tnt all the time i can see your wife sitting through that movie right when it left theaters i can see your wife sitting through that movie with you in i the think theater, it was on like, tnt really? while it was in theaters <laughs> really this is what we're watching clint this is what you chose <laughs> Runaway right, Bride is on right now, and we're watching this. You're uh, you're you're uh, you're number three pick. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, kill you, Murphy. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Scarecrow. Scarecrow. That's Scarecrow, a good one. Yeah. So you really like Batman Begins, apparently. It's, it's, yeah, it's one of my favorites. It was good. It was very good. Yeah. It was good. That, that trilogy was good to me. That's the best. Yeah, it's the most it. complete storyline, canon or whatever. I don't know what you, whatever you call it. That that trilogy to me is the best. Yeah, it's definitely the most the complete storyline. It was great. It was great. All right, well, let's get off of uh, get off of our our Batman talk. Let's get off of our bet. <laughs> uh, move over to a little a little more sports. Uh, you guys have been paying attention to the PGA Tour, Saudi Golf League controversy, everything going on. I I did see uh, today. I think ESPN had an article from Greg Norman. Yeah. So Greg well, yeah. So Greg it. Norman's uh, LIV Golf International. They were all set uh, to to start or to host their 
their eight event golf series, right? So to compete with uh, the PGA Tour and uh, old Lefty, that's when Phil Mickelson did the interview and he called, he was talking about going to the Saudi league, playing there, lots of money, and, and really taking the power away from the PGA Tour by having something that is on the same level as far as financially financial incentives for the players. Uh, Phil Mickelson's been talking about that for a while. He's been talking about how the PGA Tour has tons of golf clips that they hold that the players can't use on social media. They can't uh, capitalize on their own golf shots and do things like that. So Phil and, and Clint, you'll have to, to bleep this out uh, post edit is his interview. He was talking about Saudi Arabia. He's like, there's just some scary motherfuckers over there. He's like, it's, it's scary to get involved with them talking about Saudis, obvious, you know, human rights violations, terrible treatment of women, everything else. He talked about the the killing of the American reporter, everything like that. But he's still saying, "Hey, I'm I'm open to it because right now the PGA Tour is just a a monarchy. They have all the power, and it's time for the golfer to to stand up for him." So. Greg Norman, the article you're talking about, Greg Norman's talking about, hey, we were ready to go. And then that article came out and is obviously derailed Phil Mickelson. And it kind of put the Saudi Arabia or Saudi League on hold for the time being because of it. So there was a lot of people rumored to be involved with the Saudi Golf League. Um, Cantley, DeChambeau, obviously Phil Mickelson, but then you had Tiger. Rory McIlroy, I think John Rahm were all saying, you know, hey, I'm staying PGA Tour. This is, you know, stick with the horse that brought you. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's – it might be time for for another league, another entity to challenge PGA. The PGA Tour commissioner was – you know, he said anyone who sided with a rival league faces suspension and a possible lifetime ban. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Yeah, that's, that's a little extreme. Well, I think, I mean. <clears throat> I mean, I know he's time. covering his own, right? That's what PGA Tour does, obviously. But, you know, they they also, they just control everything. You, you look at Phil Mickelson's interview, and he really goes into detail about how oppressive the, the tour, the, the organization, the PGA can be. I have a hard time accepting talking about oppression when we're talking about golfers. I'm not talking, I'm paraphrasing. So he might not have used the word oppression, but you know, any, any kind of competition, I think uh, breeds innovation. It, it means that uh, you're going to have leagues that are vying more, more, you know, valiantly for good talent and putting, putting up the money needed. But look at the end of the day, the PGA, the PGA pays real well if you're winning. Um, I understand about, you know, the contracts and having, you know, uh, ability to use your likeness and that kind of thing. But, I mean, that's all stuff that should be handled through uh, the the association. So the PGA, uh, 
professional golfers association, they should be handling all that. Just like in the NFL, your players association does it just like in major league baseball, your, uh, you have the collective bargaining agreement. I think that, you know, all that should be able to be handled like that. Do I think it would be a benefit for golf in general? Probably. I think it would make the competition more stiff and would make it uh, to where you've got, you know, higher levels of golf other places. But at the end of the day, you could say that about any professional sport league. Then you say that about the NFL. You could say that about MLB. You could say it about any professional sport league that, you know, they, they really have a monopoly on their players and they really have a monopoly on the sport itself. So I think it's a bigger conversation than just, Hey, do we do that? Now, that being said, I also think it, it muddies the water. If you're pulling, you've got two professional golf leagues that are both, you know, paying the same kind of purses out and they're, you know, vying for the same talent. Um, the PGA is not going to be as good. Uh, I don't think the Saudi golf league would ever be what the PGA is. And then I think you've got two leagues that have half as many good players as the PGA has. And, you know, I don't know if I want to watch the PGA or the Saudi golf league. If, you know, I've got two or three guys in each league that are running away with every single tournament and winning every single tournament. Whereas right now the competition in the PGA is, is pretty stiff. It's a pretty good competition. And, from week to week, you could have a different winner for every different tournament. So I don't know. I, I think that it muddies the water too much for me. So you don't think let it go like the ABA and NBA? Let it go and then create the Super League after well, the, you work out the kinks? P, the PGA is the Super League. Yeah, that's what's, uh, to me, but can't, can't would... it get better, though? Well, to me, you look at it as, okay, I compare it to you have the NFL as the PGA, and then you've got this Saudi league that is trying to be something more than what an XFL is trying to be. It's trying to, it's trying to pluck some of the top Hey, don't players. you forget, we started off as the official podcast <laughs> of the XFL. Yeah. We still it, are. Sir. But it's, they're trying to do it differently where they're actually trying to take some of the top names – Excuse me, unofficial podcast. We didn't Bro, get that letter. They're actually trying to take some of the top names. Cease and desist. And yeah. that's what it's going to take. If, you, if they want to compete with the PGA, they're going to have to take some of the top players or else you're nothing more than an XFL. Yeah, Greg, Greg Norman said they had 15 of the top 50 of the world committed to play before the the interview with yeah. Phil. You know, so and that's that really – they, That's what they're – if they want to – if they want to compete with the PGA, if that is what they're trying to do, that's what it's going to take. They're going to have to do that or else you're you're nothing more than an XFL. But the difference is when you talk about the ABA versus the NBA and you talk about the NFC and the AFC when they were separate professional leagues, those are all leagues that started about the same time and then they were vying for those players that were coming out. And so there was – competition that was bred into it and then they decided to combine this is not what that this is <clears throat> this is 
an established professional league that has all the power and now somebody trying to come in and take some of that away. And again, I think it muddies the water. I think that if 15 of your top 50 players are going over to the Saudi league, then neither one of those leagues is going to be as exciting. Neither one of them is going to be something that you're going to have as many people watching. Now the Saudi league may have viewership through the roof for the first year or two because it's new but at the end of the day when everything evens out i think you're going to end up losing fans of the sport overall because again you've diluted the talent pool of course that does open up the opportunity for us to join the league so there's that i mean if if this xfl thing you know doesn't get back going austin I mean, I see no reason why we can't just step right in with this new golf league. I agree. We'll we'll call Greg, Greg Norman, uh, and uh, let him know that we're on board. Yeah. Hey, Shark, we're in. Yeah. Addison's, Addison does a great Greg Norman impression. I I do not do any come on Addison Australian impressions. Just Australia. Ah, come on, mate. <laughs> Let's go get another shrimp on the Bobby. Yeah. That's we bit of golf. That's a knife. Again, again, <laughs> I'm still stuck in in British Isles. That's all I got. And I still I still have a hard time telling the difference between Paul Hogan and Greg Norman. They look like the same person to me. Yeah, they're all just a bunch of former debtors down there. <laughs> All right, that'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, again, we want to give a big shout-out to the Palmetto Amateur Gaming Association for their sponsorship and checks they cut every week. Millions so thank of dollars. You. Thank you again. What You didn't get yours? Are you just hoarding? That sounds like he got all oh. of ours. Oh. <laughs> we'll have to go. We'll have to double-check that. For Clinton Addison, I'm Austin. We'll see you next week. On Waterboys podcast is presented by the Palmetto Amateur Gaming Association. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Walk on Waterboys. Topic number two is Moon Knight finale. Has everybody seen it? When was the finale? Tomorrow. <laughs>